Yo, yo, this is Justin B. Bieber. Hey, it's Ariana Grande. Just the interviews. A Zach Sang Show exclusive podcast. Well, hello there, What's going on, dude? I've been watching you on Instagram Live like nobody's business. You either have cabin fever or you just, you need the touch of the people. Uh, I need the touch of the people, want the touch of the people. I am in isolation like everyone else. Uh, I also had to cancel all of my promotion um, due to the coronavirus. So my best way of talking to my fans is by being on there, I suppose. How, by the way, one, love watching the Instagram lives, but two, how fucking weird is all of this? It is kind of, <laughs> it must have been a process to wrap your mind around, right? Because you have one expectation for how your sophomore album will roll out, and then there's this. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see it like this, weirdly enough. Um, yeah, uh, bit of bit of shock to the system, but I think it's shock to everyone's system, and I think... The last thing the world needs to worry about is my album, but um, obviously I want them to worry about that too. <laughs> well, I think now's but, um, the time to listen yeah, to music. And hopefully, yeah. I hope that when people are at home, they can they'll listen to my stuff now. Heartbreak Weather is worth everybody's time and energy. I have, by the way, we were prepared to have a full-on discussion and go track by track down this album with you. But you mentioned that a part of all of this, our interview was canceled. So I don't know how deep to go, but you should be very proud. It was It's a phenomenal album, top to bottom. I yeah. I loved it, man. W- what story are you telling? Yeah, I know our chat, chat was meant to happen, but it got, got canceled, sadly. We were, we were meant to do our long chat like we always do. Um, yeah, I was just trying to tell the story from like the start of a relationship, the feelings that you have during a relationship that you might not want and mm-hmm. kind of the back end of the relationship which is all the sad stuff and sometimes the egotistical moments as well uh, and I tried to tell that with the track listing I think it's one of those albums you can lis- listen to from start to finish and actually understand what's going on um, yeah so that's what I was trying to do all of my life's been heartbreak weather thinking to myself won't get better what, what do you mean by that is that like is that the realization that being selfish won't help you find love or you got to stop caring about yourself and start caring about other people no it's just kind of like uh, yeah heartbreak weather to me means like ups and downs like you know stormy storm like in that sense it would have been like storm like a stormy feeling of yeah i mean in my I, you know i go through you know you go through the middle of things not working out and stuff like that and then you finally get the one and you know, you, you're like, it feels different when you're with it. And kind of, it's a kind of... Dude, the guitar on it is power. Oh, did we lose him? Oh, Maybe it's that. No, I'm here. You're going in and out. I hate this 2020 right now. I can barely hear you. Hello. Yo, oh, whoa, you sound good there. Um, Got it. Beautiful, thank you. But we were talking about heartbreak weather. By the way, nostalgic feeling, power guitar... But the story feels really present. Great record, top to bottom, dude. Uh, like, where did that guitar oh, come from? How, how did that come out? Come again? The guitar on Heartbreak Weather. Uh, oh. where, where did that come from? Because it do, it is a guitar, right? Yeah. Well, it was just the the main, the main riff that we had. Like, I was we were just messing around, and it was one of those songs that came out of nowhere. And it was actually at a time we had where we were had writing, doing nothing for about three days, just sitting there looking at each other. And then John Ryan just started playing that riff and 
straight away, I was like, this is it. Here we go. Big, massive drums. Um, really, like, anthemic 80s feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um and from there, I was just, I could just ramble on the mic. And it was like, it was such a fun song to, you know, like you spend a lot of time like singing, trying to sing good melodies over, over guitar riffs and stuff like that. And when you, when you catch a good one, it, it just feels like it just flows. When you get, when the vibe comes, like I can usually tell straight away, like when Nice to Meet You, when I started playing that riff for Nice to Meet You, I was like, this is it. If the riff is hooky like that, then I've got no problem singing over it. And same with the same with the Heartbreak Rather riff. Like it's so it's, the riff is so present that you just want to jump straight on it. And uh, oh God, I love that song. It, there's a Bruno Mars shout out in the lyrics. Yeah, <laughs> there is. <laughs> Pretty casual. Yeah, no, I was just I was watching a <clears throat> in the scenario. That the song is about. We were watching um, Bruno Mars did an NBC documentary or a special live from I don't know where. Oh, live from the Apollo. It was on CBS, and I believe your friend produced it, Ben Winston. I think I know what special you're talking about. That's right. Yeah, exact that exact one. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I was watching that because Ben told me it was coming up, and I'm obviously everyone like like everyone huge fan of Bruno. I was watching that, so that's where uh, the lyric came from. Seamless, beautiful. Daniel Zolod, how are you feeling over Thanks, there? Bro. Well, why'd you end the album with Still? Hey, hey bud. <laughs> hey, what's up, uh, man? It was, it, was the, it, it was the last song that uh, I wrote for the album and kind of happened very naturally. I was, I actually had just gone over to the studio to record some uh, ad-libs for Small Talk, which is another song on the album. And we had dinner while I was there and then I went back into the studio and picked up this guitar that was like tuned in like drop D or something like that and I just started playing and I just started playing that and then within about 10 minutes I'd written the first verse the chorus and the second verse and it just kind of all fell out and it kind of as I was singing it I was saying to myself this sums up everything that I've been doing for the last year all of the stuff that I've been trying to write, all the storyline I've been trying to tell, this just wraps it all up. And this is like the most self-deprecating I've been in a song um, and honest. Uh, and I just, I absolutely love this song. I think it's one of my favorite songs I've ever written. And yeah, I just, I had to put it there. It felt right to put it at the end. It kind of sounds like you're saying you're not over, completely over the relationship that you were writing about. I love how you're the one. You're always the one to ask this, these types of questions. Yeah. That's, that's too nice. Of, that's too nice to do it. So you do it for us. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I mean, when I wrote the song, I don't think it was. No. Well, I mean, uh, of course, I'm gonna, of course, I'm going to ask. You're making it pretty obvious, and you say, "Well, I'm still in love with you." <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely. When I wrote the song, I wasn't. But, uh, I'm fine now. <laughs> Let's go to a song like Black and White. N- beautiful record. Yeah. I want the world to witness when we finally say I do. It's the way you love. Mm. I got to give it back to you. Do you write a song like this while you're in love or after you're in love? No, this was this was a title that I had for a while. And it's kind of... It, I put it next to a song called Dear Patience. Because um, it's kind of like... you tell when, when you first start going out with someone, within 10 minutes... 
you sold yourself. This is it. I'm all over this. This is I've seen this in the movies. This is how it's meant to end. We're meant to walk down the aisle together. I also then wrote a song called Dear Patience to tell myself to slow back down again and get out of that because the amount of times that I've walked in and out of relationships because I wasn't patient enough. Um, and I just felt like this was a good thing to write about. Do you imagine yourself at the age of 65 ever? <laughs> yeah, I do. I would, I would like to think that I'd, I'd have adults sorted out by them. I'm 26, so I've got a bit of time to get there. But I would like to think that I would have been married and be doing exactly what I say in the song. Because there's nothing better than when you see it yourself and you see a couple together forever. It's brilliant. Do you feel like putting that in writing has now put pressure on you to find love like this? <laughs> no. Uh, I, would, I, would, I would like it, but I know that what I have learned in my short 26 years is that you can't put pressure on it. Dear patience, can we share a drink and let go of the pressure? Those fiddles, though, on that record really hit me like a ton of bricks, dude. You know, so many people have said that. So many people have said that to me because I tell you why they hit you like a ton of bricks because they don't happen at any other stage in the song and they just appear at the end Mm -hmm. when you think you've learned everything about that song. And that's why I put them in there. Um, I just felt like it was kind of like a nice moment and they don't have any really crazy relevance to the song but I just felt like it suited the song in the end but I feel like that's weirdly connected to life and patience right like the idea that it comes at the end it hits you when you're not expecting it it's kind of like uh, there's good that can come out of patience you know patience is a virtue exactly and uh, we all don't we all don't uh, we all possess it but we don't use it very well sometimes so that's why I think I've noticed that Dear Patience is this one song that's really connected with people so far. Because um, we all we all feel that. It's just kind of, you basically, as I was writing the song, it was kind of like writing a letter to Patience and to yourself. Because you always rush stuff. By the way, I had that in my notes. I was like, are you talking to yourself or are you talking to Patience? My question is, after you write a song like this, do you find out how to acquire more Patience? Or to at least possess this quality? Well, I'll let you know after my next relationship if if I did a good job. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Bending the Uh, Rules, by the way, another great record. Um, Sorry, I cut you off. You were talking. It's weird, this phone thing, you know. I can't see you. I know, it is strange. Yeah. Um, But Bending the Rules, another great record. What perspective did you write this song from? This was kind of like an all-round... Like I was when I was writing the concepts and stuff, I wrote down this paragraph of like, you know, when you're. I'm not saying I necessarily felt it or whatever myself, but you always have these things where at the start of a relationship where you're afraid to trust, so you're not sure if you should, and you start doubting everything. So you're just basically like asking the question of, you know, are you bending the rules? And I, I'm not saying you are because I don't have any proof, but are the rules being bent? And this was like, when I started singing this, I felt like I was like turning into Bruce Springsteen the more I sang the verse. It was like, in my head, I had like Streets of Philadelphia in my head and I was singing that song. And when I started writing this song and it was such like a, like a Brucey type narrative as well. So I just ended up start going like, I'm not saying. <laughs> <laughs> <When> I started singing. <laughs> Uh, so for, for a couple of hours, I turned I turned into Bruce Springsteen. But yeah, the, the idea that I, like uh, there's a couple of tunes there where you start to 
doubt things, even though you've got no idea why. Totally. Because uh, you just you, you're not ready to let go and trust. If you know what I mean. So, question: After writing an album like this, do you learn anything new about love? Yeah, I've definitely learned so much about myself. Um, I think I have. I've learned to be even when I was writing this album. The way I, the way I wanted to write the album was in a less selfish way, because I've written tons of love songs before, and they all seem to be "I'm so sad," "me, me, me," and I was just like. I think I said this to you when I was with you last time. Like, I wanted to try and write songs from different people, like the different angles of things and be self-deprecating and tell the truth and then also be really, like, you know, egotistical and kind of... I wanted to, I wanted to have all the angles of, you know, a, like a relationship, which doesn't mean happiness and sunshine all the time or selfish moments. It has different angles to it. There's not not one thing about it so I think because of that it says a, it says a lot about me because I probably wouldn't have done that a couple of years ago I would have been a bit more selfish about things so off the back of my last relationship and writing the type of album I've just done I feel like that's making a step in the right direction I think Do you that was think, a long winded answer I'm sorry no please do you think being selfish back then was safer because you're kind of uh, I don't know going based on the model of how to write a successful love song as opposed to taking more uh, risks and telling a different story? I, uh, I assume you, you probably do it subconsciously. There's no way I would ever go down and sit down and go, I'm so selfish, I'm going to write everything about me here. But you do you probably do it subconsciously. And yeah, probably try and fit the mold of what a love song is, which is usually, I'm so sad, you horrible bastard, what did you do to me? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like It's usually that, that's the mold. So I felt like just kind of trying to change things up a little bit and just personally as well. You know, I feel like off the back of the relationship you learn about, you learn so much about yourself. You don't realize you do until you sit down and you try and write songs about it. And you're like, fucking hell, maybe I'm not as selfish as I used to be. <laughs> yeah, because it's an opportunity for you to really dive in deep and analyze yourself and put put those exactly, thoughts yeah. to paper. Um, is there a song from this album that you're pumped to share your kids one day? And that's a weird question, but it got me thinking, black like, being 65 and you having children, like, what from this album do you want to play them? I think Black and White. I think Black and White, to me, it's one of those songs that if it wasn't my song, I would love it. And mm. I would absolutely listen to it all the time. And I still do. I've got no problem saying that. I sound like my big, own biggest fan, but I, I've listened to these songs every day since I've written them, since I wrote them, I mixed them, I did everything. And Black and White's the one that oh, I listen to constantly. Because it's just got that like nostalgia feeling. It feels like it could have come from any era. Uh, it's four on the floor. It's a driving song. It feels good. The lyric is happy. Yeah, the, exactly. Dude, when we're sixty-five, you know how you know I always knew. So I, I think that's the right kind of thing to be playing to your grandkids or your kids or whatever. It sounds like a forever song to me. It's beautiful. I hope so. I hope so. Well, Niall, tomorrow's St. Patrick's Day. What are you going to do? Nothing. They're just I just seen Boris Johnson on the news and they've closed all the pubs. Oh. <laughs> oh. Um, so that's us uh, doing nothing. Uh, yeah, they've, they've already closed the pubs in Ireland as well, so that was off the charts. So not not much to be honest. St Patrick's Day, like most holidays in America, is is huge. Like in America, Americans make um, the holiday, all the little holidays, into a much bigger deal 
Um, in Ireland, we don't really need another excuse to go to the post. <laughs> <laughs> we do. <laughs> we need excuses to escape. So we adopt other people's cultures and we blow it up and we attach cards to it and maybe a T-shirt or two. <laughs> and yeah. We hate our I'm, own I'm, reality. I'm a parade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a parade to celebrate something that isn't even ours. It's amazing. Um, um. So yeah, it's it's not as crazy in Ireland, but it's obviously like our one of our like our national holidays. So we do celebrate it to some extent. But this time, with all that's going on in the world, it's probably best that we don't. Totally. By the way, stay inside. When you stay inside, it means saving lives. So fill your your time by listening to Heartbreak Weather by Niall Horan. Well, I wanted to also exactly, people. You heard him here. <laughs> I also wanted to ask, what's going on with the tour? Is that still happening? Yeah, it's like, to be honest, no, I don't know. Uh, it's all uh, right now. It is, but I haven't heard. Um, you know, my agent is an agent to a few people, and they're also going on tour, and their tours have been cancelled so far. So hopefully, we can hold on to mine. I don't know. You see, you've seen it there. It's completely out of all of our hands, and you just have to wait. You know, go day by day and see what happens. But I mean, I'll be gutted. You know, I've been planning the tour forever, and. The rollout of my album wasn't how I wanted to. If the tour gets cancelled too, I'd be very upset. Uh, but we'll see what happens. The tour will be postponed, if anything. We can't say cancelled. Don't use the C yeah, exactly. word. Not yeah. in this house. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that's true. Sorry. Yeah. Please, because I'm really excited for this tour. It's you, it's Louis Capaldi, it's Fletcher. I'm, it's an incredible lineup. It's going to be a fucking amazing show. Sorry for my language. Um, I'm just excited. Yeah. It's, a, it's a night of real music and... That that's what excites me the most. And by the way, this entire album filled with real, actual instruments. It's pretty special. So please listen. <laughs> <laughs> it's rare, dude. I don't want to say that. I don't. Wanna... <laughs> I know. That's why I'm. Not... <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Oh god. Uh, I love your honesty, brilliant. Yeah, I appreciate you very, very deeply. Final thoughts from anybody for Niall Horan. Anybody, anybody. I mean, I get a lot of country vibes from a lot of the songs on this album. Is that something that you're trying to explore more? I get like twangy kind of country guitar in certain parts. Mm. That's so funny. Everybody says that to me. And I don't realize that I'm doing it. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm I'm not going to complain because I absolutely love country. And clearly because it's in my subconscious. I'm Irish. It all derives from Irish Cayley music and... Mm. I naturally sing in the country tone with like some people like I write with some pop writers sometimes I write with get pissed with me because I have I come out with like the most bluesy sounding melodies and like rocky and country twangy folky type sounded stuff and they're just like that 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 like a bit more poppier <laughs> uh, and I kind of do it without without even knowing and then the guitar obviously follows but I'll take it because. I love country. How do you deal with producers that want to make it a little bit more poppy? Like, is there a, a, is there a middle ground that you have to reach with these guys? Or is it really just, this is what naturally comes and this is how it's going to be? Yeah, to be fair, I, I do, like, pick my producers in, in terms of, like, I know that they're not going to do that to me before I even go into the room, just based on what, I know, what they've done previously. Uh, with Julian and stuff, we work so well together, I would never worry about that. Because um, we're we play when we play when we write we play live. Um, same with Greg, like I was working with Greg Kirsten. It was like I mean he's the most musical guy of all time, so it was never going to get too far. I mean I don't I'm not like trying to ever rebel because I absolutely love pop music, but I like to put my own spin on it. 
And you need really musical people in the room to do that, you know? Hell yeah. By the way, I love seeing the writers on uh, Black and White. Got Scott Harris, you yeah. have Teddy, uh, Julian Bonetta. Yeah. Like, holy yeah. and, and that video that you somebody <laughs> shared, maybe Teddy shared it the other day. It was so cool. Uh, you got you guys singing in the studio? Yeah, I, was, I, I had that. That was from the when we wrote it, and I, I loved in the video that I had that video on my phone because I, and I never take any videos or anything in the studio, but I just had a feeling when I was writing that song that it was it felt so good. So I just put the video up. But in the video, you can hear like the the bridge doesn't have any lyrics on it, and it's just been me shouting into a microphone, um, which I thought was really cool because fans are always asking me how I write songs all the time, and I thought that was a good idea because it was just a load of chords and jammy guitars and big drums, and I was just singing over it, uh, random gobbledygook. But yeah, really cool video, good song, love it. It's yes, Daniel. Well, Niall, I wanted to ask, July twenty third, two thousand twenty. Do you know what that is? <laughs> My birthday. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, no. Uh, Niall, do you know what that day is? Uh, Dan. Is it a tour date? No, that is One Direction's 10-year anniversary. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. He has an Instagram countdown set up already. No, I just saw people are excited. Do you have anything planned? Did you, I guess not. You didn't even know it was coming up. <laughs> well, I, knew, I knew it was in July, but I didn't know what day it was. That's, that's crazy that you know that. <laughs> uh, no, there's nothing. We've got nothing planned. I'm sure we'll meet up, um, but yeah, there's nothing, nothing planned for it. I'll will send you like a basket of goodies and maybe an edible arrangement, depending on where you are. Hopefully on the road by then, because the tour is happening. Heartbreak weather, totally worth your yeah. time. Please listen. Um, not horny. Thank I, you, team. I appreciate you, man. Thank you, people. Love you all, and see you very soon. Sending love right back. Oh wait, one more wait. quick question: Are you are you writing a bunch of songs <laughs> while you're stuck home, or what are you doing? What are you gonna do for two weeks? Yeah, I am actually. I wrote two songs yesterday while watching a show called The Pharmacist on Netflix. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Very easy to uh, it's very easy to sit around and like I find myself like there's a piano in my living room. I just find myself just walking over to it every five minutes because I can't sit still. But uh, I just closed the curtains and just played a few tunes and wrote something half decent. I think yesterday. Beautiful. Who do you send it to to even get an assessment of half decent, or do you keep it to yourself? I mean, these are still very early. I mean, it could be the worst. I'll have to have a listen again and re reassess, and then I'll probably just send it to Julian because Julian will be able to make a track within about five seconds, and then I'll have a better idea of how, where we're at with it. But as far as piano and vocals go, I can just I just record it on my laptop on Pro Tools, and then yeah, hope for the best in terms of if it's good enough. <laughs> A, a, a hit birth during the quarantine see use this free time as productive time everybody <laughs> who knows i believe shakespeare yeah, wrote King Lear. Learn Spanish as well. hey that's a by the way what is more valuable in life than having the skill of a second language i think nothing now horan if you can learn I spanish well, i can barely speak english so I'm gonna spanish. <laughs> slow and steady wins the race i'm sending love and appreciation your way man thank you for giving us time and energy and maybe your next album will be a spanish album <laughs> Oh, I would love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably never. not, but you know, worth <laughs> <to> laughing. Anyway. <laughs> never say never. Hey, man, thanks for uh, hanging out with us. It really means a lot. Thank you, thank you. Stay safe. See you later, guys. Thank you very much. Peace and love. Bye. This podcast is part of the Zach Sang Show Podcast Network.